circle must be broken. Do you take milk and sugar? Now then, Dr. Noble, Mrs. Noble, if you'd like to come with me. Oh, no, 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 we're not married. We're so not married. Never. Never, ever. Don't get him! If your ood is happy... <laughs> then you'll be happy too. I found your unwanted guests. Being with you, I can't tell what's right and what's wrong anymore. It's better that way. I do not understand, miss. Why'd you say miss? Do I look single? Why yes! Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for spending some time with us. We are back for another review of Series 4, the 2008 series of Doctor Who. So if you are already listening and you are already subscribed to Discussing Who, we want to also invite you to join the Discussing Network Facebook group. And how can you do that? Just go to Facebook.com, go to Groups, and look up Discussing Network. We're trying to foster a community there and kind of have a good conversation. And I keep saying we, so I want to say who the we of this podcast are. Of course, I'm Kyle Jones, and joining me always on this podcast, Mr. Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing pretty good. So what's been going on with you lately? Oh, man, nothing much. Just work and trying to catch up on some who and other entertainment. I recently been watching the Chernobyl series on HBO, and that's been sad and informative. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much enjoying that, but definitely a sad story. And to realize that we're so close to the brink of destruction <laughs> uh it's kind of uh i don't know humbling i guess that we're still here, we're still here? yeah <laughs> i know yes yeah, that's a it's a good one but but also you know very sad which you know you might say that about this episode too so that is true and since i do respect your opinion on tv to watch i think i might actually check that out because like i said i respect your opinion but who's somebody else whose opinion i also respect lee shackleford mr shackleford how are you i am well glad to be back with you guys and um i have not been watching chernobyl but uh, i i uh, uh again yeah we, <laughs> if clarence likes it then that's good enough for me <laughs> Although, gee whiz, let's let's go to the planet of the Ood and Chernobyl, and yeah. and then we'll all go out and hang ourselves. So <laughs> apparently, huh? <laughs> apparently, man. Well, I will mention one thing real quick. Speaking of yeah. television shows, I was when we had Jessica on a couple of weeks ago to discuss, uh, you know, Doctor Who comic books, and I'm not sure if it was on. This episode, or it was on the sister companion part that we did on discussing comics, she referred me to another television show that she recommended that I watch, which was The Haunting of Hill House. Ten episodes, one season, and I watched that in two days. It was awesome. So, if you haven't seen Haunting of Hill House, go check it out. Huh. 
Very good. Very, and yeah. it's not about the ghost. It's not just like that wasn't about the zombies. <laughs> it's not all about the ghost. So, oh, very interesting. Very, very okay, interesting. Yeah. So, Lee, what, what, you know, I didn't ask you the same thing I asked Clarence, but I will ask you. So, what, what's been going on with you? A uh, big deal for me recently, apart from uh, making headway on writing the next episodes of Relativity and doing some promotional stuff for that. Well, I guess that includes um, going to the PodX convention in uh, um, Nashville, Tennessee, just this weekend, where uh, I got to meet uh, some of my some of my heroes in the podcasting fiction world. Um, the entire cast of Mission to Zix, which is just a hilarious, hilarious sci-fi show, and uh, and uh, 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 the <laughs> and the woman, the brains behind Girl in Space, uh, on, and on her show, she is in fact the Girl in Space. And we got a picture of us together. And of course, since I play Doctor Mason on Relativity, I, I I was putting that picture out there as Girl in Space and Guy in Space. <laughs> so here we are. Too so cool. um, y'all were yeah. them in space. Yes, it's them <laughs> in space. Um, yeah, I've learned a lot. Got to got to hear uh, from a lot of interesting people, and uh, I was only able to be there for one short day. And I, uh, I I wish I could have been there for the whole weekend. So, but we got to find the three of us a podcasting convention that's uh, more or less um, neutrally located. That actually would have been a good one for us, I guess. But a very short notice. I didn't find out about it until a week before it happened. So yeah, but, but we'll what? do it. We'll find things. it. And when we do, yes, we will. And we'll be on the discussing network, telling people all about it and saying, come to this conference because we'll be there. Cool. Oh, yeah. Cool. 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 Well, speaking of a conference, speaking of a convention, if you guys don't have anything else, I saw something on Facebook a few minutes ago that I think is newsworthy. Mm-hmm. Newsworthy. So if you don't have anything else, I say let's get into the news. Just a few minutes ago. Just a few minutes ago. Yes. On to the news. I found by just um, thumbing through Facebook before we got started, there was a lady that we met at last year's 2018 Hulanta. She is a cosplayer by the name of Robin Burks, and she had shared something that I find quite interesting, and I find and found quite interesting, which is Christopher Eccleson will be at Rose City Comic Con this September in Portland, Oregon. So he Hmm. is now appearing in the States. How about that? Interesting. Maybe he's just going like all in and embracing his Doctor Who fandom now, maybe? Yeah, well... It seemed like he had a good time at um, what was it, WonderCon that he was at uh, last year, and uh, so that that didn't turn him off forever. Well, good for him. That's yeah, you know, yeah. I know good, we sp- you know spoke about him. that uh, the first time he was out, but you know, it's nice to see that he's doing more. And yeah. if this is his first time in the states, I hope he has a very good experience yes. you know, at a con, not in the states, you know, in general, but at a, <laughs> at a con. But still, welcome, Chris. Yeah. Another thing in the news, uh, the faceless ones. This is one of the lost, uh, Patrick Troughton stories mm-hmm. was announced today as coming in animated form in 2020. Anybody have any knowledge of the faceless ones? Cause this is one of those, honestly, I didn't even, you know, like pay any attention to <laughs> the name of it, to be honest with you. Mm. Yeah. New to I, me. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know it only by its title and. 
yeah, and when you want to know more about it, yeah, they, <laughs> the sources say, well, tough luck because it's gone. But oh, but it sounds like there must have been a good audio recording of it. Well, and, uh, and two of the six uh, episodes are parts of the serial exist. So, oh. so for anyone that's um, listening, if you want to know a little bit more about the Faceless One. It are the faceless ones, not just one, the faceless ones. <laughs> it, is, mm-hmm. it is the eighth serial of the fourth season of Doctor Who. It aired from the 8th of April to the 13th of May, 1967. Only two episodes of the six part story remain. I think it's episode one and six or two and six. It is mm-hmm. noticeable or, and notable for the exits of Ben and Polly portrayed by Anarchy Wilkes and Michael Grays. Christopher, and uh, I've already mentioned Christopher Eccleston. He wasn't in that, of course, but, uh, who was in it? <laughs> Patrick Troughton as the second doctor. So I'm excited. I, I think the more they animate that, you know, they can animate all they want. I'm happy with that. Yes. Now, one thing I did notice, uh, when looking at the trailer and I took a, I took a screenshot and I will share it to you guys and I will also, put this in our show notes i was looking at this advertisement that they were passing it looked like they were maybe in an airport and there was this billboard that they were passing in this recreation and it said magpie electrical and i thought how cool is that because I, I thought about the idiot's lantern when i uh saw that and i'm curious to wonder if that somehow ties in to that show or that episode from the faceless, I mean, if the faceless ones ties into the idiot's lantern because the people were faceless in that episode. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Who knows? But curious. Who knows? Who knows? All right. So guys, do you have anything else to go over or in the news before we get into the review proper? Ooh, not that I'm aware of. Well, no. All righty, good deal. Well, if you have not seen this episode, you know what time it is. Or if you've seen or listened to our episodes, I should say, you know what time it is. So it is time for me to say, if you have not seen this episode, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back. Because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 So the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review Planet of the Ood. It is the third story of the 2008 series of Doctor Who. It aired on the 19th of April, 2008. It starred, of course, David Tennant as the 10th Doctor and Catherine Tate as Donna Noble. Initial thoughts. And Clarence, I'll, I'll point this to you first. Initial thoughts. What did you think? Hmm. I enjoyed this episode. It's very much that, uh, this group of oppressed beings, um, made to be servants. And there's a deeper, st- deeper story there because, you know, apparently they just love being servants. They're made to serve. And, you know, that's what we're made to believe. And yeah, there's more story to that. And I, I really, like the telling of that type of story um you know the rebellion and you know this is what the story is to me i found it fun not my favorite adventure but you know it was it was good it was good 
All right. What about you guys? Uh, yeah, I, I, that's pretty much sums it up for me too. It's it's not a. There's a lot of entertaining drama in it, right? There's a lot of um, kind of good old chase and hide and seek kind of stuff that's uh, that we always enjoy. But it is to to watch the episode is to watch the Ood suffer, and that, it's difficult. It's 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 hard to do that, um, and to watch the humans, some of the humans, glory in it. So it's not just pain; it's sadism. Um, it's so it's it's uncomfortable. Would would you say that? Would you say it's it's? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I I would say it's uncomfortable. Yep. I you know I almost want to say, and I'm not and I'm not going to say it, but I almost want to say that this is one of my favorite episodes. But it is mm. one of my favorite episodes, a la Gridlock, that I mentioned a few. Uh, episodes ago when we were reviewing series three, it is one of my favorite episodes, not per se because of the story, but from whence music comes and mm. the song of captivity and the song of freedom that we will hear later in the series is yeah. two of my all time along with those other. I mean, I think I actually like the song of freedom and the song of captivity so much more than I even I like the music of this is Gallifrey. Oh, I mean, I know I do more so than but the face of Bo or the song Bo. This is Gallifrey. There's just something about putting those two together, listening to them as one piece, knowing the the first part sung of captivity, the second part sung of freedom it 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 is very emotional to listen to those together and that's brilliantly done by Murray Gold so that is why i really really like this episode mm. yeah and all of us who are fans of murray gold's music have to smile when they say to the doctor uh, you have a song of your own yes <laughs> wow yes he does it's even called song for 10 <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed before we get to the song because we mm. don't know quite anything about the song we mm. do at this point know that the Doctor and Donna have arrived on this frozen planet, as it so looks. So I want to revisit really, really quick a conversation that we had last episode about episode two and episode three. We had an interesting conversation with where Donna was in her timeline of how accepting she was. And we kind of felt like maybe that that was a little bit out of character for her to just be so much different from what she was when she, you know, was in the runaway bride after just one adventure in partners in crime. So my question to you guys, this episode is, could you have seen this as Donna's second episode in this series, the way it was originally intended seeing how she reacted when they first got to the planet. What did you guys think? Yeah, I can definitely see that from her reaction. You know, she's not on Earth in this adventure, but also in the way she is throughout the episode. Like, I don't feel like the episode really asks a lot of her. She's more there to be reactionary. And, 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 and it seems like it would fit more into her progression from where we see her before than maybe in, in some of the uh, previous two adventures. Yeah, I agree. What about you, Lee? What do you think? I wonder, I, you know, I wish I'd remembered that you had, um, that you had shared that 
bit of information about it. I forgot about it completely when I was watching it again. But she she is delighted to be on the adventure. And then th- then there's this, this thing that the doctor says is so painful to hear their song. And she says, yeah, I want to hear it too. Um, which is, which is such a touristy thing to do. And then she regrets it as soon as she's done it. And not long after that, she says, okay, yeah, I want to go home. Yeah. Yeah. Take me home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And see, you know, you guys just brought up something that even further validates that this should have been and was in, uh, intended to be episode two, because she says, take me home. And then in in what we saw last episode, at the end, the doctor says, welcome aboard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it just kind of further falls into that narrative. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. do we know the reason they switched them around? Do we know that? or? Well, what I read was that the second episode, or if this would have been the second episode, they didn't want this coming so close after the first first episode of the season because of the harshness of the content you know okay. that, uh it was a little bit too the the wording that i uh saw was quote testosterone filled and dark <laughs> well if so they must have changed it on paper not, it's it's not like they had finished shooting these episodes and then swapped them because yeah. because there is the welcome aboard speech and her saying you know going back in the past is one thing but being you know but being on an alien world, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, true. True, true, true. So we see them on an alien world, and I was fascinated by Donna's initial reaction to the Ood. So I'm curious, what do you think if you would have put yourself in Donna's position and you saw the Ood for the first time? Don't you think you would have been a little bit taken aback by how that an ood looks? <laughs> At the very least. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that assessment. But but I will say it's also because wasn't the first ood she saw uh, about the die, uh, if I remember correctly? Yes. Yes. So it, it, you could probably equate that to if I saw a lion out there walking down the street, I might be, you know, ready to run from it. But if I see one dying uh, laying there, I'm still gonna be scared, but I might be a little compassionate, which yeah. I think maybe the fact that she's with the doctor, um, kind of, uh, pushes her fears a little bit back and she's able to go and, and show that compassion that she's feeling because it is this being that is dying there. So I don't know. What do you think, Lee? Yeah. Um, I, I think when I originally saw this, uh, I had trouble with this that I was thinking, well, We've changed her character too much. I just can't believe that that woman from The Runaway <laughs> Bride is going to see an ood and and immediately her heart goes out to it. That, no, I think yeah. she would be going, oh, my God, what is what's wrong with it? What's why? Why does it look like that? You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get that point of view as well. But but, yeah. but now if this episode comes after Fires of Pompeii, she's she's already seen the Pyrovale and she's been to ancient <laughs> Rome, you know, so uh, maybe maybe she's she's already taken it in. And she's gotten used to the fact that the, the skinny doctor is uh, 
is an alien as well. She's yeah. she, she's trying to wrap her head around these things. But but you know, similar to the arc mm-hmm. that we will later have with Bill Potts, the brilliance of Donna it, it, with R2D was knowing how she would end as her story would end. And I think you had to have this progression of Donna from Donna from Runaway Bride to Donna that we get at Journey's End. And for you to have that episode at Journey's End, she has to have a lot of progression. And there were only 13 episodes this series for her to progress. Yeah. Yeah. We got to move fast. It's true. Yeah. As well as she's going to an alien planet. So maybe some of that is a little expected. But the the look of the Ood is very, uh, (laughs) can be very off-putting. So, yeah, I I don't know. So let me ask you a question. And I'm going to point us back to another show that we have recently reviewed on another podcast that we do on uh, discussing Trek. Which do you find, Clarence, I'm going to ask this to you, which do you find would be more shocking, the Ood or a Kelpian? Mm, Ood. Yep. It's the, it's, it's the dangly things on the face. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yep. yep. The tentacles. Agreed. And, and, and the brain in your hand. Yeah. And I will say even, even with that, you know, very off-putting look, it doesn't look menacing, which is kind of hard to say because because they do go flip mode in this episode uh, when they have the red fever or whatever they call it, red red eyes. Um, it goes from looking what you thought may have been scary already to just I'm running. <laughs> I'm really scared because it, it's like flip mode. It goes into um, sure terror and horror when it gets the red eyes. So I don't know. No. So I have a question that of something that actually disturbed me that I never paid attention to before watching. And I think and I'm going to actually give the 13th doctor credit for me thinking this as how I thought it and seeing the 13th doctor react the way she did in the episode Rosa, which there are are so many parallels to the planet of the Ood in different ways of the two stories, but seeing her react <laughs> to some of these people the way she did, and then to hear the doctor in in, in her 10th incarnation, make the comment of they are Ood. They are servants of the humanity. I mean, of humanity and they're happy to serve. That bothered me. Yeah. It's supposed to, I think. So, so, so elaborate. Either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, anytime you think that any intelligent species, beings are, you know, willing to serve on the face of that, that has to sound weird, weird for us. And it has to sound like, um, that we would be past that, especially we're what in 4021 or whatever year it is, we're way in the future. We've experienced this. So it's history repeating itself in a way as well. Mm-hmm. And, and we haven't really learned from that. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I don't know. These beings obviously show higher function, <laughs> but you know, this company yeah. is towing the line of saying, you know, you know, they're, they're just, you know, they, they love, sir. You know, that just sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. So uh, it's not too dissimilar, maybe from our own past, the things we were told, the 
intelligence level may not supposedly not being where we um, that's acceptable to be a human or a, you know, a, a adjustable being or whatever. And I don't know. It's just the same line we've heard over and over. And, you know, it, 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 it pains me that in 40 X, whatever year it is, that you, this is still how we're thinking. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and I think that I think you hit it on the, you know, the, the, the you hit it spot on. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. And maybe that's why I felt so disturbed by that was I I wanted to expect more from the doctor to not be so nonchalant and in, in how he said that I, I I would want my doctor to be immediately enraged that that that's going on and yes you know he did act toward the end of the story you know nobly no pun intended uh, to save the ood but just that initial line of the uh, of the way it just was off-putting because you you said it perfectly uh clarence in the way you said that was you can rationalize anything you want just to make a justification it doesn't make it right but but in your own mind you can justify pretty much anything again doesn't make it right yeah, and I, I honestly expect more of the humans. I wouldn't even put on a doctor. I expect more of these humans who are now in three galaxies and have expanded greatly and we're still there. You know, we're still in this same cycle. So I expect more of the humans, maybe less so than the doctor uh, in this situation. So I don't know. Good point. Good point. So let's talk about the humans for a moment. So we see, obviously, that you have buyers there. And you see the doctor and the Don and the Donna, the, the doctor and Donna arrive. They come up, they go to this band of people that are about to enter the facility and they introduce themselves as the, you know, the doctor and Donna from the noble corporation PLC limited intergalactic, which I thought was a cool name. <laughs> what did you guys think of the person that introduced them to the facility? Solana. What about her as a character? What What did you think of her? It's funny watching it this time. I, I think I was just more fascinated by her than anybody because uh, maybe I hadn't thought about her uh, so much before. But uh, she, in some ways, I think she's the a great embodiment of the the syndrome that the doctor is talking about when when Donna says, "Hey, I don't have slaves," and the doctor says, "Yeah, who do you think made your clothes?" Which in our day and age is a is a very real you know issue, which most of us think about and say, yeah, that's terrible, and we move on. Which I think is sort of what the doctor has learned to do, just to you know keep keep saying. Uh, and in this episode, he can't, he just can't keep doing it. Uh, but um, so she, uh, Solana is a is a facilitator. She she knows that this is slavery, but she has reconciled it. She has um, justified it in her own mind. And, and I think that's, that's what, that's what we do. It's, it's, it's what the historians call the banality of evil. You know, <laughs> you just say, wow, what I'm doing is really terrible, but you know, it's not so bad because, you know, when you justify and you come up with reasons for why it could be worse and then you go about your job and, and that's who she is. Hmm. That's what I think. All right. Clarence, what about you? I totally agree. As the head of marketing, um, she's the one who has to put on this public face, mm -hmm. as, as we see by the people touring the facility. Uh, may not be too dissimilar from a 
press exert or a maybe um, somebody that um, when I think of Chernobyl, they very much as, as far as the Soviet Union at that point were all about their secrets and it, putting on a, a different front for other countries to show their power. Their secrecy is their power. And, um, no, I got kind of equated to here, you know, she knows things bad, bad things are going on, but you know, it's all about that dollar, all about the company. And, um, they're going to put on the public face to make it all look okay. Even when it's very obvious that things are going bad. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, because you can justify anything. I mean, think, think there's, there's the alarm that goes off that we know means the Ood are out of their enclosures and they're out killing people. Now and that's the shift. That's the shift. Like, yeah, she said, she, no, she says it's a, it's a fire, it's a fire drill. We have them every day at this time. Oh, fire drill. She says, yeah, that's and right. she, and she keeps smiling. And you know, I'm sure that what's going on in her mind is, well, there's no reason to panic these people. That's going to make the situation worse. There's yeah, no so reason to I'm panic, gonna, panic right. these people. We're not going to make money. Right. If they get upset, then they'll leave. And yeah, so I'm going to tell them something that is completely untrue. You know, mm, yeah, and, and that's that's how, yeah, <laughs> and that's how it happens, yeah, yeah. And, and even in when the doctor gives her a chance to be a part of the team and help solve the situation, I mean, everything's going to you know we're in a handbasket, and he like reaches out to her to you know be a part of the the team that's going to solve this problem. And she just can't do it. <laughs> she can't do it. Uh, she's drinking the Kool-Aid. Right, so, yeah. so let me ask you guys this. Do you think it was because of greed or do you think it was because of she feared Mr. Bartle? Hmm. I think that might happen, be. The, I should say. I think. Yeah. Happen. Yeah. I, I think that might be the problem for her character because I really don't see her motivation um, other than doing her job, because at the very beginning of the episode, he treats her like crap. I hate yeah. uh, marketing people or whatever he said. So what's her motivation to be loyal to him? I don't <laughs> no. Well, she She's very young and she has probably come up in this business really fast. And now she is the head of marketing. Yeah, true. You know, I mean, true. and the doctor says, hey, throw all of that away and come with me. Just, no, <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. the house is falling down around you. Well, maybe, mm. maybe. So let's talk about Mr. Haplin um, for a second. Yeah. What do you guys think of him? And Lee, I'll point this one to you first. What did you think of him? He's your central bad guy. He's the guy that's trying to keep this um, whole thing together all for the sake of, you know, even losing his hair because it's worrying him. So, yeah. What do you think of him? But one of the reasons I was eager to see this episode back in 2008 was because it had him in it. This is Tim McInerney, who is one of the great British actors of stage and screen. And it was I feel like it was a coup of Doctor Who to, to get him. Um, and he's somebody I've always enjoyed in all the TV that I've seen him in. And here he ha he plays a character who's kind of a cartoon villain, and he and he's really not that interesting. It, it's too bad. Tim McInerney deserves a better yeah. a better role. But d uh, am I wrong? He does exactly what you think he's going to do. <laughs> yeah. At every turn. So. Yeah. Eh. It's just too bad. And the only thing that's interesting about him is that they're turning him into an ood. Spoiler. And that's not really a, ch a choice of his character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, 
but yeah, he's just unrepentantly uh, self-serving and, uh, you know, that's about it. That's, that's who that character is. Okay. Lee, I mean, Clarence, what did you think? Mm. Yeah, I agree with everything Lee said. He was kind of just, uh, playing the role of, you know, it, it didn't really stand out mm-hmm. to me, anything that he did in particular, uh, as far as how he betrayed the character, I will say maybe the drinking of the medicine every 15 minutes was maybe a metaphor of the, uh, of what's going wrong with the Ood and still uh, we're going to keep it going no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's drinking his medicine and who, who does that? First of all, <laughs> every 15, every mm-hmm. time he's on camera, I think he's yeah. taking a drink, you know, right. this obviously isn't right. It, 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 his hair isn't growing back. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's getting worse. <laughs> but we're going to keep going with this thing that we obviously know is wrong. It doesn't make any sense. I won't say wrong. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. And they have the situation with these ood. It doesn't make any sense. They don't know what's going on with them exactly, but we're still going to ship them out. You know, we're still going to keep this thing going. And I don't know. I, I didn't particularly like his character, but you know, he, he, he played his role and he turned into a new. So, 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 so here's, here's what I was thinking. Because if you watch, if you go back and you watch Ood Sigma and his interactions throughout, uh, his interactions with this guy and throughout this, the story, it's, it's almost comical the way Ood Sigma is constantly there ready to offer him here, have another mm-hmm. drink. Here, have another drink. Here, have yeah. another drink. And I saw him as this typical narcissist that is so wrapped up to where he doesn't even see for the most part until the end where he talks to Sigma and says, you know, go to your people while you can. But he's so wrapped up with having this constant servant that I just thought that that was feeding his ego and, you know, and the whole time here's Sigma there turning him into an ood yeah. thinking the you know, this whole time. I just almost thought that that was comical. <laughs> yeah. The expression, uh, give him enough rope and he'll hang himself comes to mind. Uh, uh, Sigma is just there paying out the rope. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't you want another one of these drinks? <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> now I will tell you a character that did not, in my opinion, have any, redeeming qualities was commander kiss the the head of security oh my god oh my god they gave this guy a whip yes <laughs> yeah yeah he has a whip oh it was so hilarious and also um you know talk about you know cartoony characters when he's operating the fork not forklift the the crane thing mm-hmm. it was like i was watching a different show for like five minutes i'm like what happened um, <laughs> yeah, I thought that too, but yeah, and he says, I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> yeah, he was way over the top, but you know, <sighs> yeah, when Mr. Halpern says, you know, we're going to have to just kill all the Ood, then yeah, he's the one who says it'll be a pleasure. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and, you know, the the whole thing when, okay, so they have, you have Donna locked in the, 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 Storage containers. Storage containers. Thank you. Thank you. Storage compartments. Storage compartments. Yeah. So you have her locked in those with the red eyed ood. And then, like you said, you've got him with the, uh, I, I thought of the thing that you used to see, like in, um, 
carnivals or in mm-hmm. some restaurants where you have the crane and yeah. and you're trying to get the stuffed animal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I'm like Clarence said, it felt like a different episode or a different show for a good three to five minutes. And then, you know, they finally stop him and you get Donna out and, you know, Donna has been saved. Woohoo. And then, you know, all's good. So in, in, in like in real life, you can, he couldn't get the bear. You couldn't get the stuff. He could not get the, he could not get the stuff done. So what do we think about, um, in this story? I mean, for us as Americans and Britons and our history of slavery, what do we think about having this, uh, this thug casting him as a black man? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think maybe they did it just to mix it up a little bit. Um, maybe to alleviate the directness of the story, maybe to make it a little, more comical, especially with that um crane scene. Um yeah. <laughs> okay. But also if 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 the cast was all white, it would look I think it would look more transparently like it was mm-hmm. sort of scolding some of us about our history. But if you got the black guy there too, then Yeah. Uh, that, I, that's if there was any calculation about it all, I thought maybe that's what it was. But yeah, and it goes to say that humans are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. With- <laughs> but because, you know, I think I, I, I heard something. I may have mentioned this on this episode or this show before, definitely not this episode, but on the show before that there is some experiment or some theory that, that somebody had that it, which is if you had 20 beings, uh, you know, 20 humans that all looked the same or were all from the same city, that were all of the same race, that were all of the same, um, economic status, et cetera, and et cetera, equal, 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 equal. And you put them in a room together for 12 hours. By the end of the 12 hours, the 12 people or however many they were would be segmented into different sections and different parts based on just that's how humanity works. That there's something in us that finds common, different commonalities, no matter how alike you try to make people, that you're going to break up no matter what. And I think that's sad. Yeah, if if true, then sad. I'm not even sure that's true, but I hope it's not. But I've heard yeah, that. Uh, I've heard yeah. that more than mm-hmm. once. But um, I hope that's not true. So let's talk for a moment. We mentioned music at the very beginning, and there's really and truly not a lot of story substance other than what we've already covered. We know that the Ood are freed. So let's talk just a minute about the song of the Ood, meaning the Ood brain and the telepathicness of these beings. What did you guys think of the realization that the things in their hands were not actually formed of how they've always had them, that you basically cut out their second brain and put on a voice box. Yeah, it's, it's horrifying, and it makes you think back to the impossible planet and the Satan pit and try to remember. Yeah, they had they had the translator, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, but 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 they weren't killing people with it. Um, and uh, and 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 to try to figure out if that whole thing makes sense, and it it does. That's this is how this is how you put chains on them. You 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 remove their 
hindbrain. It's, it's horrifying, but it, but it does make sense. What about you, Clarence? What did you think? I just have to agree. I, I, I like the explanation of this uh, almost lobotomy that they're doing mm-hmm. with the Ood. And, you know, they're, they're taking uh, a piece of them away. And that's that's the price they have to pay to become uh, the, the servants. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's really sad. It's just really sad. And um, as far as the whole hive mind thing, I think you hinted at that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Pretty cool. It, you know, thinking back to Satan Pit, like we just mentioned, it makes that make a little bit more sense sure. um, mm-hmm. uh, that they can be controlled this way. Uh, and I, no, no, I thought it was really well done. And, you know, the songs, um, the, what did you call the first song when they were in a prison? Uh, you had a name of, for it? A Song of Captivity. The Song of Captivity. Um, just to see Donna's reaction um, to hearing that, that I, I thought that was really well done. And, you know, there's certain things that maybe we don't want to hear or maybe, or maybe we don't want to see. And who knows how we'll react uh, once we are, our eyes are open to the truth. Uh, I think that's, <laughs> yep. that's mentioned in the Bible of signs and wonders, which if we could see, we might not be able to handle it in so <laughs> many words. And um, yeah, so I, I, I really liked how, um, the explanation of the second brain and all that. That was really, it really all fit well together. And I thought that was great writing. Lee, what about you? It means they've been doing it for 200 years, doesn't it? It's <laughs> yes. <sighs> and, and nobody's caught onto the secret yet or, or, or have they? Yeah. As near as I could tell, it seems like the customers don't know that the, the Ood have been, intellectually castrated that they that yeah. when the, when they show up in their box or whatever with the the translator you just they, people just assume that's how they are yeah um, <laughs> and i liked you know when you see the ood the natural ood the ones that have not been quote unquote processed and you mm-hmm. see the way that they you know the the holding of the hands and the raising of the hands which we will see again later and the 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 song that you hear that that to me was just very touching very beautiful very very cool yeah so i want to uh move on to talk about our favorite scenes we've been talking about different scenes i'm curious what was you guys favorite scene hmm is there a favorite in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh you love the chase in the warehouse with the <laughs> giant oh, yeah. claw in the scene. Yeah, that was good fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was that other show that he was watching for five minutes. Uh, That's right. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that did belong in the Sarah Jane pictures, now that you mentioned it. That's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a specific other show. But I, I do. I, it, it's, it's painful. It's, and it's supposed to be painful. But that, but uh, the, the moment of the telepathic link there where the, the doctor, you know, allows Donna to hear. The contact. song of the Otis ears it right contact, <laughs> uh, and her reaction to it is is just a it's a gut punch. It's a tremendous scene. I, I would have to say that's uh, that's my favorite thing in the episode. And 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 I think like I said about something um, just just last week. It's it's because of Catherine Tate's performance. It's her. Wow. Yeah. So Clarence is 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 the. Um, Sarah Jane Adventures, or is that your favorite scene, or is it something else? Uh, I'll give an honorable mention. Uh, when they first get to this planet, 
And the doctor's like, oh, it's beautiful, bellissimo, Montebello, whatever the heck he said. Uh, he's all happy, and she's like, um, <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks around, and she's gone. Uh, Donna Noble, citizen of uh, – Donna, where, where are you? <laughs> I, I was just impressed at how quick she found Jacket. Yeah, she was. She went and got the biggest coat she could find. Obviously, she, there. she packed everything. <laughs> um, All right. So for me, my favorite scene, honorable mention, would be the uh, scene that Lee mentioned. But my scene that I found most touching actually happened at the end, and I will segue into it. Also containing my favorite quote of the episode, which is when Ood Sigma says, and know this, Dr. Donna, you will never be forgotten. Our children will sing of the Dr. Donna and our children's children, and the wind and the ice and the snow will carry your names forever. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? The message has gone out. That song resonated across the galaxies. Everyone heard it. Everyone knows. The rockets are bringing them back. The Uda coming home. We thank you, Dr. Donna, friends of Oodkind. And what of you now? Will you stay? There is room in the song for you. Oh, I've, I've sort of got a song of my own, thanks. I think your song must end soon. Meaning? Every song must end. Yeah. Um, what about you? You still want to go home? No. Then we'll be off. Take this song with you. We will. Always. I know this, Dr. Donner. You will never be forgotten. Our children will sing of the Dr. Donner. And our children's children. And the wind and the ice and the snow will carry your names forever. Yes. Especially... Well, spoilers, uh, I won't go that far yet because I don't <laughs> want to spoil anything. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that to me was my favorite quote. Anyone else? Uh, what was your favorite quote of this episode? Hmm. Uh, that's what I call a spaceship. You've got a box. He's got a Ferrari. <laughs> He's got a Ferrari. <laughs> All right, Lee, what about ye? I love this little exchange here and you, and you have to remember what a, complete asshead Mr. Halpin is. Um, but uh, at the end, Donna says, it's weird, but being with you, I can't tell what's right and what's wrong anymore. Mm. And the doctor says, it's better that way. People who know for certain tend to be like Mr. Halpin. Mm. Something to think about. Wow. Mm, that's deep. <laughs> it is. deep. It is. We sing a song in the UU church about, uh, about the uh, power of doubt. Doubt is what keeps us human, you know? Mm. Deeper still. Mm. Mm. What, what about you? A favorite line? Oh, no, no. My favorite oh, line no, you, was that quote. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know what I do know is our final review. And mm. I will start it off and say, uh, you know what? I'm going to. It wasn't the strongest story as in well-written characters. I, I think mm. the story itself carried more for the strong strongness or the strength of the story. The characters themselves were almost forgettable. They just cookie cutter to some degree, except for, of course, you know, doc, the doctor and Donna and the Ood. 
but um, the story, the the content, I think it, it it obviously had merit. The music, like I said, I absolutely one million percent love the music, and for that, I'm going to give it a four point two. Clarence, what say ye? Yeah, before I give my rating, I just want to mention Mr. Ryder, uh, Dr. Ryder, real quick, who was part of the rebellion, got uh, yes. tossed yeah. over, <laughs> over the, uh, the rail there, uh, in, in, uh, dramatic fashion by Mr. Halpin. Um, I want to go 3.5. I know it's kind of low, but <sighs> I didn't have, <sighs> hmm, I enjoyed it, but I come to Doctor Who mostly for, fun or thought provoking. I don't think this was either in large part. Uh, I don't know. 3.5. I don't know how to frame it. Um, I thought it was okay. It was okay. All right. Lisa. I, I got to see this kind of from the, the perspective of the live theater. Uh, bear with me. About this. Um, but yeah, I think you, I think you guys know that I wrote an adaptation of Kara Chapek's, the play R-U-R, the play that gives the world the word robot. Yeah. So I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. And the first half of this story is the plot of R-U-R, almost down to fine details. Hmm. Um, that's exactly what's going on in the play, um, except that they're manufacturing the workers who appear to be uh, intelligent. But uh, the, the, the men who run the factory say, oh, well, that, you know, they're servants. Uh, they like they like it this way. Um some of them had these little spasms every now and then. And, you know, so in, in this story, it's called the red eye. And, uh, uh I can't remember the Czech word, but in, uh, in RUR, uh, it, it often gets surrendered in English as robolepsy. <laughs> but, um, these guys had these kind of attacks and it, you know, and it's the, the first sign of the, the fostering rebellion that's coming. So, uh, so I love all that. I love the fact that this all seems familiar to me. It's, it's RUR. Uh, but um, the other thing about um, the theater, I was going to say, is that I, I, for my students as writers, one of the things that we talk about a lot is um, the challenge of keeping a story interesting without, without, without just throwing out events <laughs> haphazardly, you know. And and I feel like there's 30 minutes worth of story here crammed into 50 minutes. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I. I got to give it a 3.5 too. It's it, they they there are some real interesting ideas in here. The song of the Ood and and the the truth about the Ood and and uh, uh, Donna's you know telepathic connection with the doctor there for a moment. And how how transformed she is by that. All those things are very interesting. But the rest of it, is, uh, there's a lot of marking time in this episode of our waiting for something else to happen, and that's um, that just feels like a big no no to me. Um, uh, the, the other thing that made me think of my my students is that uh, uh, a lot of them, a lot of us, I include myself in this too. We want to write about social causes that we believe in. The problem is that if you if you get on board with the social cause that everybody agrees on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I have read so many plays that 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 um, bemoan how wrong slavery was in America, and. Nobody's going to disagree with that. But you kind of get to the end of the day and say, okay, your play said slavery is bad. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so what are we supposed to do about that? Or, you know, and, and I thought that's the problem here, that at the end of this episode, slavery is bad. 
okay, we knew that. We actually knew that going <laughs> in. So what yeah. have we learned this week? Uh, yeah, you know, I totally get it. I so, get it, yeah. Okay, permission to update to three point five <laughs> because the because my, four, because my four point two uh, came came mostly from music that was great music regardless of the story or not. So um, and would still be hauntingly sad even without the context of this music. I mean, I mean this story simply. See, I'm so right. into the music that I can't even say story. So, uh, so three point five, make no. it unanimous. Yeah, you were confusing this with your review for the season four soundtrack album. Though. Yes, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I, I, you know what? I'm going to do a. Uh, I'm going to uh, um, send you guys something that I put to get uh, did one time uh, and, and and let you listen to it. But that being said, um, yeah, three point five unanimous across the board as our final review. So, Can I mention one other thing that I liked real quick? You most certainly may. Um, I, I love the setting the TARDIS controls to random. I don't know if I'd ever heard that before, but we're just going to uh, so uh, pick some random place and we're going to go there and be excited by wherever we land. Um, that's kind of something you can do in video games. And we can do it to taunt the person we're playing, uh, say a game like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, when you're fighting the person on the couch with you and you have both had controllers and you're playing a game and one of you is obviously better than the other. So one of you just puts it on random and picks whoever, whatever character it lands on and kicks the other person's <laughs> tail. So that's, <laughs> that's what it made me think of. But I, I do love that the TARDIS can just be put on random and we're going to go somewhere. Something tells me that that's happened to you before. That was just too, <laughs> had too much. That seemed personal. Yeah. 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 It's close to home. <laughs> but I had forgotten about that. That was one of the surprises of watching this again. I thought, the random setting? What? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So, so I'll tell you what I thought whenever I saw that. I thought whenever I saw that setting, I was thinking, oh, silly, poor, poor, poor doctor. You just don't know. Yeah. You don't go random. That's right. That's what you he just thinks. think the TARDIS lets you think that. Well, there, there would have to be, I mean, the, even not given what we're going to learn about the TARDIS in the future episodes. But yeah, I mean, if it's really random, I mean, you could end up in, in the heart of a star or something. I mean, you, you don't, you don't open the door like that, you know? So you got the bottom of the ocean. But yeah, that, I did like that. That made it fun. You, you can't disable safety protocols. Exactly. <laughs> or, or leave the break song. Who knows? Maybe yes. you can. Mm -hmm. Who knows? It might even make a noise if you leave the brakes on. Who knows? <laughs> so I'm going to ask one final question before we wrap. Mm -hmm. And that question is, Lee, if someone were wanting to find out more about you on the Internet, where could they find you? I'm going to point people this time just to be perverse to shackelfordfreelance.com. It's spelled shackle like shackle, forward like forward, and freelance. Dot com. That's my personal and professional website. Everything you could possibly want to know about me. Too much about me, in fact. It's all there. So that's mine. All right. Mr. Brown, what say ye? Uh, in addition to pointing people to DiscussingTrek.com, where we talk about the latest IDW annual for Star Trek Discovery entitled Captain Saru. In addition to telling people to go check that out. 
I'm going to say head on over to our Discussing Network group on Facebook. And I want to know that anybody watched Chernobyl besides me and and what did you think? Uh, Mm -hmm. Comments. I just want to hear people's thoughts because it's, you know, one of the great, albeit bad, events of of the world that have happened in all the time. So, uh, yeah, I want to hear people's thoughts. Cool, cool. So for me, I would... uh invite people to of course check out disgusting comics and coming soon maybe by the time this episode is out we will have a episode or an episode that will be reviewing the entire series of game of thrones and our thoughts on the finale and we welcome back um clarence's co-host from tech Pedition, his brother and our friend carrie so um yeah, that was a fun conversation, and that will be up, like I said, by the time this episode goes out. So check out Discussing Comics. And for anyone listening, thank you for being here. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to share the episode, the podcast, and tell you know tell a friend to subscribe as well. We appreciate your time, and we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?